y'all. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 145. Woohoo! Don't waste your voice on her. Woohoo! A second ago, she just sang Fuck My Life Into Pieces. I'm like, stop <laughs> wasting your voice singing. I'm back, y'all. We are together again. Hey. <laughs> Jafar, Jafar. That's what that reminded me of. You know, when he had the He's little flag. He, he can't, can't do, do it. it. Great! Great. <laughs> You and Aladdin every time. I do. I quote Aladdin and Little Mermaid all the time. Uh Well, if you noticed, we do not have another intro. So if you're like, I miss those intros, why don't you do one by going to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. All right. Jumping right in. This one's called, what did you just say? Hey ladies, I'm a fairly new listener to the podcast and I am addicted to y'all. I love your energy and your laughs are infectious. I think it is so important that you are introducing people to the other side and all things paranormal. After all, it is part of life. I've always been attracted to all things paranormal and spirit visitations. Maybe even more so that I'm a Scorpio. Who knows? While I've always been sensitive to energies and spirits, I have a handful of incidents that really stick out. This particular one is very near and dear to my heart. When I was 14, my brother unexpectedly passed away on October 14th, 2005. Fast forward five years later, and I'm sitting in a college class. It was five years exactly to the day that he died, October 14th. I was sitting in my chair, half listening to the professor's half listening to the professor lecturing, but mainly spacing out and thinking about my brother. I felt sad and kind of in a daze. My professor had his back turned to the chalkboard and was writing and talking. All of a sudden, he stops, turns around, and looks dead into my eyes. Brendan, he says, my brother's name. He was looking right at me. At first, I thought I was hallucinating. Then he repeats his name. Brendan, he says matter-of-factly. I'm for Rosen. The guy sitting behind me goes, no, my name is Jose. He heard him as well. I wasn't just seeing and hearing things. Then the professor said, oh yeah, I know that, and blinked and shook his head a little, like he was waking up. He turned back to the chalkboard and continued to lecture. I was so shocked and excited that I could hardly wait the 15 minutes before class was over to ask my professor what the hell just happened. I went up to the professor after class and kindly told him what happened. He had no recollection of saying my brother's name. He said with a little laugh, you're kind of freaking me out, but hey, maybe it was your brother saying hello and I helped him. He was a very kind man and wished me well. It was an experience I will never forget. I like to think that my brother knew I was feeling sad and wanted to check in, letting me know he's always with me. I know this isn't scary, but I think it's worth sharing. On a side note, I'm aware that some spirits who appear to us in the physical world may need guidance and love in order to feel at peace on the other side. Sometimes, even in spooky situations, some spirits need our love and attention to help guide them home. I have felt those spirits before and am reminded that sometimes they are a little bit of lost souls, somewhat like my brother who died by suicide. I feel that he's at peace and weirdly listening to your podcast makes me feel closer to him. Creep it real ladies with love, Hannah. Hannah, that is so sweet. And like spooky, but not spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, no, that's, it's, it's weird. It's like, no, that was fucking weird, right? Right. You heard what I heard that you said that you said that he said that I heard that that happened? Yeah. It would have been like, oh, well, you were just thinking about your brother and you heard him say his name, but he actually said Jose. But Jose was like, uh, no, my name is Jose. Like, so he said a different name. And Jose's like, 
what I do. Right. I think it's cool, though, that you kind of manifested it because you were thinking about him at that moment. And it's kind of like he acknowledged that you were thinking about him on that day. True. Okay, the next one wants to be kept anonymous. Hey, y'all, I stumbled upon your podcast just this week, and I absolutely love it. I have a couple of weird, unexplainable stories. Some are mine and some are other people's that I know, but I just thought I'd share for the hell of it. Sorry, they're kind of long, and I'm not a good writer, so I hope y'all can follow along. Anyway, here they are. Story number one. When I was about maybe five to six years old, I lived in a house in Pennsylvania. I don't know much about the backstory of this house, probably because I was only a child and the history of the house was not the first thing on my mind. Anyway, I lived there with my parents and my sister, who was only three at the time, and my younger brother, who would have been only one. There was an addition built onto the house right before we moved in. This included a new family room, a bathroom, and my bedroom. My bedroom was attached to the family room, which means my room was on the first floor. My basement had two different sets of stairs to go down there. One set was in the kitchen and the other was by my bedroom. I remember walking to the basement steps by my room at night and opening the door and just standing there frozen. I couldn't really make out what was looking back at me other than a big white see-through figure staring back at me and waving its arms. That's all I can remember. This is something that's just stuck so vividly in my memory and I can't decipher if it was a dream or some sort of sleep paralysis or if it actually happened. Story number two. This one is my mom's story. When I was in sixth grade, we lived in a house in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. This house was in the town of Gettysburg, and if you know anything about the history, the Battle of Gettysburg happened in the 1860s during the Civil War. Well, my house just so happened to have a metal plaque on the outside of it by the front door that said Civil War Home 1863. I didn't pay very much mind to it at the time and just went on with my life. Well, recently I asked my mom if anything creepy went on in that house while we lived there. She told me yes. She said that one night she was woken up abruptly because she just didn't feel right. When she woke up, she sat up and looked across the room. She described a tall, dark figure in Civil War era soldier clothes. She stared at it and froze because she didn't know what to do. She shook my dad to wake him up and told him that there was a man in the room staring at her. When she turned her head to look at my dad and turned back around to look at the man, he was gone. My dad is a really heavy sleeper, so it took him a second to wake up, and of course when he did, it was gone. There was something else that was weird that I remember happening in that house. My youngest brother was born when we moved to Gettysburg. My mom was always taking pictures and videos of him with her camera when he was a baby trying to capture all of his first. Well, one day my mom was home alone with my baby brother and was taking a video of him trying to walk towards her in his walker. He walked all the way down the hallway towards her in his walker and she excitedly said, yay, and ended the video. Later that day when my dad got home, she went to show him the video. After she played it back to him, my dad asked what that sound was at the end of the video. After my mom said, yay, you can audibly hear a deep man's voice in the background say, yay, no, yay, like way more drawn out than my mom's. 
This freaked out my parents. I wish she still had that video, but sadly, we lost it. Story number three. This story is my boyfriend's, but it freaked the hell out of me, so I thought I would freak y'all out too. My boyfriend lived at his parents' house at the time, and he was downstairs in the basement playing video games and watching TV. His parents had went to bed, and he was just down there by himself. When he decided to come upstairs and go to bed, it was around midnight. He has a bearded dragon, so it has a huge cage with heat lamps and everything, and they kept it in the family room at the time. He was walking up the steps and could hear rattling sounds that sounded like the lamps on the top of the cage. He looked over at the window and could see the reflection of the lights on the glass cage and could visibly see them moving and shaking back and forth on the top of the cage erratically. His dog had now woken up, and she was just staring at the cage, frozen and not moving. Unlucky for him, he had to walk past the cage to go down the hallway to his room. He turned around the corner and sprinted past it as fast as he could to his bedroom and shut himself in there for the night. If this was me, I would have literally shit myself. Still to this day, whenever I go to his house, I get a weird feeling, especially when I'm there alone. I have more stories about his parents' house, but I'll save them for another day. Anyway, thank you ladies for listening to my stories and bearing with me. Love y'all and your podcast. Keep on creeping on. I want to see that video, but I don't want to see it. So I'm not really sad that it's gone. Right. You know, it's one of those things that when you love technology and this probably happened before, like the cloud was really a thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I've had so many things. I'm like, I have kept on like my iPhone 3 for like ever and then the phone you know like I was like oh gotta get the new one but it wouldn't do my like contacts or anything and I'm like oh just I want the new one so whatever you know and I had to do it all myself and then you lose all that stuff sorry I went on about that but you know what I mean so I've you know sometimes because people are like well you don't have a video so it doesn't but like shit like that happens yeah or you know somebody recorded over it to like yeah that's whatever I can't think of anything that they would be recording right days of our lives or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> my oldest sister used to record days of our lives every single day. Oh my God. I recorded 90210 and my brother recorded wrestling well, over it. Oh, mm-hmm. we should say taped, which is what my mom calls her DVR. I taped blah, 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 blah. I blah. do too. I know. I still do. Also, how did, like, when something like that, like, is rattling and then the dog is also, like, looking at it and stuff how do you go to sleep after that i don't know especially when you own a fucking dragon (laughs) okay the next one is twins intuition hey you two beautiful ladies calling from ontario canada just wanted to add that i love you two and this podcast i'm a mom of two handsome boys and a full-time working mommy who listens to you two on my long drive home from work every day anyway to the good stuff still a little sad for me i'm taking you guys back to the time i was around 11 or 12 my dad is a twin my uncle is everything basically like my second dad they were so close that he only allowed my uncle to call us the three tacos being that me and my two brothers are the only mexicans on my african-american side of the family my mom is mexican no one else was allowed to step over that boundary of calling us out of our names but my uncle burnell my dad's twin brother anyway it was the month of february 2012 My dad stayed in bed for two whole days. Only got up when he had to use the restroom. My mother and I noticed the first day when he stayed in bed all day and night. He didn't want to talk. He didn't want to eat. He didn't want to do anything at all but lay in bed as if he was just stuck. It was very weird. Weird because my dad would take us to go see my uncle every single day. 
And that one day he didn't take us. So my mother and I brushed it off that first day. The second day came around and he was still glued to his bed. Didn't want to eat, didn't want to talk, just wanted to be alone in his room and in his bed. The evening had came and my mom had enough of what was going on. She forced herself to ask my father, Cornell, rolling the R sound because she has a heavy Mexican accent. I don't know why you know talking to me. What's going on? And I remembered my dad saying, he's gone, Letty, my mom's name. He's gone. I can feel it. And my mom said, who, Cornell? My dad responded, my brother, something's not right. I remember my mom saying, if you feel like something's not okay, you need to go check. And my dad didn't move, stayed in bed, never moved a muscle. The night came about and I decided to sleep under my dad because I wanted to make him feel better. I hated the fact that my dad was acting weird. The next morning came about, the third day. I remember it clear as day. The house phone rung. The house phone was almost right underneath me under my pillow. My mom walked in and picked it up. Hello? I turn over, away from my father, to look at my mom just to see who she was speaking to. She covers her mouth in disbelief and started to cry softly. Then I rise up so fast because my heart dropped. I remember thinking, great, now my mom's sad. What the fuck is going on? She says in a whispering voice, I'm sorry, Cornell. I'm so sorry. My dad turns over, looks at us, and says, is it my sister? Is she on the phone? My mother says yes. And my dad responds, I knew it. She didn't have to call. I already knew. He turns back over, continuing to lay in the same position he'd been laying for the last two days. I look over at my mom and I question her, Mom, what's wrong? And she tells me, your Uncle Burnell passed away. My grandparents were visiting from Mexico the day we received the call. The whole entire house was quiet. All you could hear is everyone quietly crying. My grandparents spoke no English at all, but knew how extremely close my dad was to his twin brother. A few hours passed, and my mom let me go meet up with my dad's sister, who discovered my uncle's passing, just to get answers on who, what, when, why, and where on this unexpected death. My auntie told my mom she called the police to open my uncle's locked door to his home to see if he was okay, because she hadn't heard from him in two days. She said there's no sign of him looking through his kitchen, living room, and restroom. She said she then proceeded to his room, where she found my uncle, laying in bed smiling. My aunt said she just shook him because she thought he was asleep, but she knew he had died because his skin was very cold and his color was a little off. She said she fell to her knees screaming. The autopsy showed he died from a heart attack and was dead for those three whole days. Those same three days, my dad never got up from bed as if he were dead. My dad was mentally dead inside for those three whole days. No clues, no signs, no calls. My dad just knew from the moment my uncle took his last breath. My dad was never the same after he passed away. He didn't even go to the funeral. A few days after the funeral, my mom was in the restroom smoking a cigarette, stressed the fuck out because she knew her life was not going to be the same. I remember I was laying in bed when my mom screamed my name, Sheila, but her accent was more like, Sheila. I ran down the hallway and stopped when I saw her on the toilet with the door wide open. Her eyes were shot open and she was laughing in disbelief. I walked closer to the door and looked in the restroom. Next thing I knew, my eyes shot open. I was speechless. Every single cabinet in that restroom was swinging and swaying, open and shut. No earthquake, just the cabinets swaying open and shut. It lasted for about 20 seconds and stopped. My mom started laughing insanely. I was so scared and I screamed, why is this funny to you? 
she responded, because I don't understand why your uncle Burnell would want to visit me when I'm taking shit. (laughs) (laughs) She just knew it was my uncle. My uncle was a very funny guy like my dad. We stopped celebrating holidays and birthdays from that point on because my father was never happy. Fast forward with a happy ending. My dad snapped back into reality years later when my brother and I announced we were both expecting a child, his first grandbabies. Our children's first Christmas was filled with holiday joy. For the first time in a long time, my father bought a Christmas tree, hung Christmas lights, celebrated the kids' birthdays. I was pregnant with my second and last child. He was an ounce away from 11 pounds. Hint, that's why he was my last child. He traumatized me. I ended up naming him Keanu Burnell after my uncle, and my dad shed a tear. Thanks for listening and reading my stories. I love you guys, and you'll be hearing from me sometime soon. Sorry for the long story. Sheila D. Uh, That actually may be Shayla. Shayla. Shayla or Sheila, but I'm pretty sure it's... I don't know. Either way, thank you for sending in the story. <laughs> I was like, I think it's, no, I don't have a clue. (laughs) I love that she's laughing and you're like, what is funny about this? Why are you laughing? (laughs) And then also, yes, why are you interrupting me when I'm taking a shit? Right. Maybe he thought, hey, I'm going to scare the shit out of her. Better be on the toilet. I mean, hello. I mean, maybe. But that's so sad about your dad. Like he knew. He knew what was up. You know, you hear about that a lot. I have some friends that are triplets. And, um, well, they're actually my sister's friends, but they're my friends now. And when they were in high school and I was way too young and uncool to hang out with them, still am uncool. But they said that one night they both like sat up at the same time out of a dead sleep at a party. Like they were both just like the, it was just two of the three of them. And it was like, I don't know, I'm making this number up, 11, 15 at night. And they both just were like, whoop, sat straight up in their sleep. Really? Was there a reason? No, they just sat up in their sleep. Oh, okay. I didn't know if the other, like the third one. We don't know. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Nobody knows. Okay, this next one is Sinister Sightings, Doppelganger, Dorm Ghost, or Fever-Induced Hallucination. Hi, ladies. I recently found your podcast during the pandemic after a friend highly recommended it. Oh, hey, friend. Hi. Thank you. I've been wanting to write in my own sinister sighting and thought this one would be a great one to start with. My sophomore year in college, I was super excited to room with a good friend. We got together over the summer where she introduced me to her new fiance. This completely caught me by surprise because she had not even been dating someone when we finished our freshman year. This detail seems unimportant to the story, but it is, I promise. Fast forward to the school year when my double became an unofficial single most of the time because most days and nights she was staying with her fiance off campus and I was left to give excuses to her parents when they called looking for her in the dorm room. Not cool. I mean, go do your thing, but like, don't make somebody else laugh, were you? Yeah. At some point that year, I came down with something. As a college student, I was burning the candle at both ends, and in the middle, it was bound to catch up with me at some point. Been there. Another friend, a sister in my fraternity, came over to take care of me. I was running a fever and had the chills that went with it. She came over, put me to bed, and stayed until I fell asleep. She took my keys with her so she could lock the door on the way out. I remember her hanging out on my roommate's bed as I drifted to sleep. Halfway through the night, I woke up sweating. My fever had broken and I was cool as a cucumber. For some reason, I turned over to look at my roommate's bed. There, I saw a person sitting looking at me. 
I blinked and they were gone. I'm going to pause here to give you a little history about our dorm. The dorm was rumored to have been haunted by its namesake. The ghost would appear, I think, largely when females had boys overnight in the dorm. The ghost was very old-fashioned and did not approve of male guests. This ghost would have been an older woman with shoulder-length gray hair. In telling the story to my friends, I claimed I must have seen this ghostly specter. Here is a spooky detail I have never revealed until now because I could not figure out how it was even possible. The individual I saw sitting in the bed was my friend who had been over hours before. I saw her clear as day and in moments she was no longer there. My door was still locked and I felt so much better. I don't think what I saw was a hallucination, but I also don't think it was a ghost rumored to roam the halls. I cannot explain her presence, but I was 100% sure of what I saw. There were a couple of details about this individual that may hold an answer, but since it is a topic I am completely not knowledgeable about, I don't want to risk saying anything that would be incorrect or may offend someone. I'm completely open to any thoughts you ladies may have. Grateful to finally have a chance to send you my story. Sadly, it's because I'm snuggling my youngest who woke up shortly after we put him to bed with the stomach bug. I'm hoping for the remainder of the night to be uneventful. Thank you for providing a much needed distraction during this crazy year of isolation. S. What's uh, funny, but not so funny is that whenever you said you had fever, I was like, oh, COVID. Right. I don't know what to think about the doppelganger situation, you know, because maybe since she had been sitting there before and you were drifting off to sleep when you woke up and saw someone there you just like thought it was her you know because that's who was there before you went to sleep yeah your brain just processed the best that it could and it was like oh this is who it has to be yeah but I also don't know because it could be a freaking doppelganger and at least it wasn't your doppelganger right that's what I was about to say okay this one is called not so sinister I want to start out by saying I love you ladies. This story takes place around midnight, July 2005. My best friend and I were in her pool on a super hot night. My friend and her sisters were often home alone this year because their dad worked out of town and would sleep at his mom's. Their mother was in and out of the hospital on and off her deathbed. She survived. We really had no supervision, but never got in trouble either. This night was a typical night for us. We enjoyed seeing the stars. We lived in the middle of nowhere. Rural. Sorry, Donna. (laughs) While lazily floating, we were pointing out constellations, planets, and shooting stars. Well, on this night, we saw a star, air quotes around star, that started out like a shooting star. Short streaks. Well, then it starts to get brighter and started zigzagging, then finally getting super bright and shooting away. Anytime we tell someone this, they think we're crazy, but we know what we saw. I definitely believe that there are other beings out there. This friend of mine also had a few paranormal experiences, but we no longer talk, so I don't want to tell her stories. Creep it real, Lauren. P.S. I've told everyone I know about your podcast because I'm in love. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that story kind of reminds me of me and Carrie were in different cars, I think coming back from the hospital seeing my mom or something and we both saw like a blue light like I've never really seen a shooting star and Carrie always sees them and so I was looking up just so happens and there do you remember this Mm -hmm. it was like a blue light 
but then it just like kind of fell or something. Yeah. Like, no, I remember it. And I was like, uh, and so didn't think anything of, cause I was like, that was weird. Like, was that a shooting star? I don't know. Cause I'm never the one who sees it. Her and Tiffany, I swear to God, will be like, shooting star, shooting star. And I'm like, what am I doing? Where am I looking? I don't know. But Carrie sent me a voice message and was like, uh, did you see what I saw? That was weird. I was like, oh my God, that really was. Okay. That wasn't a shooting star then. Cause she would have been like, just saw a shooting star. <laughs> She's not lying. <laughs> but that's what that reminds me of. Like something just like, whoa. But I wholeheartedly believe that there's other beings, other things. And I mean, that could have been a freaking military play. You know, like we don't know. But I don't think a shooting star does the, like, I don't know, teeter-totter that you were talking about. I was going to say, like the electric slide. <laughs> I don't know that I would say I wholeheartedly believe, but... I definitely... Well, you lack conviction. I don't... I don't not think that there are, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's government documents that's like, yeah, there's other beings. True. But she doesn't wholeheartedly believe anything. That's a lot of conviction, like you said. I just... I don't care about anything that much. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Also, you can tell us her stories. We won't tell anyone besides all of y'all. Yeah, they don't have to know they're their stories. (laughs) Just say it. Stay anonymous. Also because I'm nosy as fuck. We know. (laughs) Oh my God, you got the laugh going on again. All right, the next one. Hey ladies, I haven't submitted a story to you all in almost two years. Dang. Wait, we've been doing this that long? (laughs) Time flies when you're battling hateful customers as a restaurant manager during a whole ass pandemic. I know Carrie's been afraid that y'all are going to run out and... And far be it from me to not share some more of these crazy stories I have. Just sit us all your restaurant drama. <laughs> so settle in for Haunting in the Holler Part 2. When I was about 16, I had a bad habit of falling asleep on the couch while my mama played video games. Side note, she was the coolest mama ever. She would stay up until 5 a.m. playing video games, smoking Marlboro Lights, and cussing out Pac-Man with every breath. The best part was when the ghost would turn blue and she would say, you're mine now, you sorry sons of bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Did she have like that raspy voice? That's what I'm picturing. Like you right now? Well, you know, I could only dream. She would have loved your podcast. But anyways, I fell asleep on the couch one night and woke up with a weird feeling of being watched. There were big French doors in the living room, so I stood up and looked out towards the driveway. Lo and behold, there were two kids standing in front of my papa's garage. Black-eyed kids? <laughs> a little blonde-haired girl in a light yellow dress and a dark-haired boy in black pants and a white button-up shirt. They were both around five or six. I was immediately terrified. Like, I don't even like a lot kids that much. I ain't dealing with no creepy ghost kids. Fuck them, kids. They didn't do anything, just stood there. I didn't get a bad feeling from them. It just felt like they were chilling. But 16-year-old me didn't give a shit. I bounced right the fuck up out of that room. Hell no. I went to my mom's room and whispered, Mommy. She woke up immediately and did that typical mom wake-up thing where she gasped really loud like, What's wrong? I think there's kids outside, I whispered, trying not to wake up my little sister who had crawled in bed with my mom at some point. Her response... Just give them some chicken livers and go back to sleep. (laughs) 
Uh, what? What the hell did chicken livers have to do with me seeing creepy ghost kids in the middle of the night? A plus advice, mother. Obviously, knowing she was zero help, I went to my room and turned on the TV and went to sleep. Seems reasonable. Mm -hmm. Fast forward 13 years to this past summer. My mom came to stay with me for a couple of weeks and we were talking about paranormal stuff as per usual. I asked her if she remembered me waking her up and her telling me to give the ghost kids chicken livers. She admitted that she doesn't remember it at all, but she swore that it was solid advice. In what world was that good advice? Like, what was I going to do with it? Bait a hook and fling it out there? They were ghosts, not catfish, mom. She then told me that when she was little, my great grandma, affectionately known as Ma, used to cook chicken livers every night and leave them on her porch for what she called the big-eyed children. What? Oh, shit. Sorry, I like echo <laughs> in my own ear because I screamed so hard at that. There were usually two or three of them, kids, not livers, that would come at night and scratch at her door if she didn't leave food out for them. Ma used to say never let them in and never go out to play with them, but she never said why. She felt bad for them because she said they looked like they were starving, so she fed them. She did this every night until she went to the nursing home. I was honestly so surprised when my mom told me that. I was just like, holy shit. She asked me what the kids I saw looked like and I described them to her. She then told me that I described my cousin and my great uncle to a T. My cousin Caroline passed away at five after she ate some poison berries and my great uncle Miles passed away at six from, I think, pneumonia. The clothes they were wearing were the clothes they had been buried in. What the hell? Her telling me that turned me into one giant chill bump. I will say it was nice to have some validation to what I had seen, especially because all of that happened between 1930 and 1950, and I've never seen any photos of either of them. I apologize for the length. My next story will be way more lighthearted about Trudy, the maybe haunted doll, and how she's already totally over everyone's shit. Y'all are the best. Creep it real. Well, I mean, I guess she was right on giving them chicken livers. <laughs> right? So was it the same kids or would your grandma see in black-eyed kids and you just happened to see your family? That's what I'm thinking. They were separate because uh-uh. because her grandmother would know. Right. That's what I was thinking. Like your grandma yeah. would know. Like, uh. Also, my dad always kept chicken livers in his front pocket. I was just about to say that, but I thought it was gizzards, so that's no. why I didn't. Well, it would be a mixture of the two. Like, you never knew. Well, whatever was on sale is what my mom got. True. Between the two. But chicken livers was his go-to, so he was on with what Ma was on with. True. Real old school. I know. Oh. But can you imagine, like, these kids scratch at the door if I don't leave them food? Like, I'm going to leave them food. What? Do you know how bad gizzards stink? Yes, I've ate them. I, I have tasted them, but this is disgusting. I know. And they have uh, gizzard fries, like like a fish fry. Yeah. They have like gizzard fries at Colby's house, like his no. parents' house. They, thankfully, they haven't had one since we've been together because they were going to and then COVID happened. I mean, the only thing good to come out of COVID is that I didn't have to go to that shit. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> now, my mom would say, oh, these are just chicken nuggets. I bet they tasted a little funny, but okay. And then when I was older and I knew, like, when I found out, like, no, this is separate than the nuggets. Like, yeah. these are not nuggies. But my nephew would eat them and he loved them. And he was like, hey, hey, can I get some chicken nuggets like Meemaw made? 
And I was like, those aren't chicken nuggets. But he didn't care. That's also the kid who would drink black coffee out of his cowboy boot. Like, it was a cup. That was a cowboy boot. Yeah, not his actual boot. (laughs) But, like, black coffee. And it did not stunt his growth. He's very tall. (laughs) He's very tall. All right. The next one's called Granny Ghost. Hey, ladies. Newbie here, and I am loving y'all's podcast. I am hooked. I wanted to share a story or two. First, I have to say, I freaked myself out a bit last night going over the details in my head again and couldn't go to sleep. So, picture it. Little old Orange County, Virginia, 13-year-old me had just moved over the summer from Pennsylvania. We didn't have a washer and dryer yet, so my chore was to take the dirty clothes down to my granny's house, throw them in the washer there. My granny passed when I was four, but I vividly remember outings with her and going fishing with a trail of animals in tow. Dogs, cats, and pigs. She was the sweetest, most compassionate person. Everyone in our community knew her, and she was the foster mom and raised many now adults around here. Her little house was built in the 1900s and a bit of a maze with additions for foster kids and lots of small hallways. The laundry was in the very back of the house without a straight shot. My dog and I headed down one day, opening the side door to enter. Immediately, something felt off, like it wasn't empty. We walked in, slowly. I glanced in the bedrooms as I passed by. As I passed the third bedroom, the feeling got stronger. We were not alone. Side note, the third bedroom always creeped me out as a kid. It was lined with mounted deer heads around the room and a small mounted bobcat head above the bed. Just the head? I thought you mounted like full cats like that. Like if it was like a bobcat or something, I thought you did like the whole animal, not just the head. I mean, I guess if you like stuffed up like the body on the floor, you know? Yeah, but like, like it'd be like standing on a post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was also my great grandma's room when she was sick and my granny was taking care of her. All of my older cousins swear that when they stayed in there that my great grandma's ghost would tuck you in. We hurried through the kitchen and got to the laundry. As I'm putting the clothes in and measuring detergent, the fear pours over me. Someone is for sure there watching me. Literally, my body went stiff and it felt like someone was reaching out to touch me. Girl, I slammed the washer lid and hauled ass. As I tear out of the house and running back towards ours, I pause and turn to look back. And I swear to y'all, in the dining room window is my granny looking out at me. Tears are streaming and I continue running. This whole time, my dog was chill. Nothing freaked her out. She only ran because I ran. I 100% believe she was so calm because my granny loved animals. When we get home and I tell my mom, all she says is, why are you scared? Your granny would never hurt you. Of course she wouldn't, but damn, that's a creepy feeling. That's what they said. That sounds like something I would say, but that's what they said. Second story. Still little old Orange County. Several girls from work and I went out to dinner after work. Jay is the oldest of us, our mama hen, but she's also sensitive. Always had a ghost story about her then home and tons more about another she'd lived in. A few margaritas later, we decided it would be a good idea to go check out her old home. 10 p.m. in the middle of the country on an old dirt road. Why not? Backstory of the home. It's now a small horse farm, sitting by a river surrounded by trees. Jay had said when she lived there, she and her second husband had just arrived. He worked nights and she had two small children. Oftentimes, the kids would talk to people that weren't there or things would move on their own. 
At night, she would hear arguing outside, and this progressively got worse until one night, she hears a woman screaming, and it gets louder and louder, and it's coming from the river towards the house. There was no one there. She called her husband to come home, and they moved shortly thereafter. She said one night, after another family member had moved there, it came over the police scanner. They called 911 to report a woman being attacked, and they could hear her screaming. We head out to this place. In my soccer mom van, windows down, Jay hanging out the window, speaking all calmly to the spirits and calling them to her. Pitch black, middle of nowhere on a dirt road, we stop near the driveway and turn off the headlights. Jay is talking to whoever in the woods. Everyone is quiet and listening, or being dumb and telling them don't come. We are sitting there in the dark. Out of nowhere, there's a thundering of hooves like a team of horses coming from behind. I slam on the gas, fishtailing all over the place. Like, literally, I felt like if I turned my head, I would have seen a stagecoach or some shit right behind me. We'd all heard it. The skeptic in our group was like, no, it's just a train. But as we got to the end of the road, where the tracks are, there was no train. A few were annoyed that I had punked out <laughs> when we heard the noise, so we went back. But nothing else happened. Hope you all enjoyed these little stories. I'm going back to getting caught up on the podcast now. Much love and creepiness from Virginia Terry. Oh my gosh. Well, I would have punked out too. Right out of hauled ass. Mm, been like, this is my car and we gone. Also, yeah, it's your grandmother, but you didn't know it was your grandmother's ghost when it was in there. And all you felt was eyes watching. So I would have ran too. Right. I mean, like you got an eerie feeling for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, grandma or not, you knew something was up, so you ran. You did the right thing. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, she could have gave you a little thing and been like, it's me. Here's some gizzards. (laughs) All right, the last one. The Haunted Munford, Tennessee House. Hi, ladies. I'm a fellow Southern from Tennessee. My name is SBC. And I guess I'll just jump right into the paranormal story. I have always been a skeptic, so to speak, considering I've never experienced paranormal up until this point. I became pregnant with twins in 2019. My husband is from the boonies, the country town of Munford, so he wanted us to raise our twins somewhere that had, quote, low crime rates and a good school district. We drove around and saw the first house in Munford, Tennessee. It was a cute three-bedroom house across from a big field that you could see for miles. We signed the lease and moved in within the next two days. The first night we moved into the house, I kept hearing noises, footsteps, voices. I woke my husband up and begged him to go get the fan out of our shed so I wouldn't hear the sounds anymore. He was very angry. I was five months pregnant and scared in my first house. Months go by and my husband was mean. He never was before. He was yelling and shouting, etc. A few weeks went by and I refused to stay in that house, basically in the middle of nowhere, and made him drive me a whole hour before he went to work to my mom's, so I didn't have to stay in the haunted house. The hauntings were so bad, I refused to have any sharp objects in my house. I thought I was going insane. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't want people to pass it off as hormones or that I was lying or crazy. We would come home to a million flies in the kitchen at 3 a.m., things moving, footsteps. We moved out after a year. We moved into a new house, and I no longer heard voices or felt like I was going to break down. Fast forward, me and my husband were just talking. I grew up really religious. I finally decided to tell him I was hearing voices at 2 to 4 a.m. every night. 
voices telling me to do things. I told him it got so bad I would go to the bathroom and pull my hair and cry because the voices wouldn't stop. My husband looked at me in shock. I saw figures and saw doors close on their own and whispers. I never told you because I knew you were already scared. I instantly started crying. Fast forward to 2021, the family who lives there now contacted us and asked us if we experienced weird noises and voices. They were seeing their chairs move and tables flip upside down. We told them to move. They did, and the hauntings got worse. I am now a full believer, and I wish no one has to go through a paranormal experience ever in their life. Love your podcast. Yes, girls, keep it up. Kisses. That's so scary because like you always hear these stories when it's over, they've moved out, yada, yada, yada. But it's like when you're go, like when you're in the thick of it, that's got to be so scary. And then you're pregnant and it's like, what do we do? Yeah. And it seemed to have a, like a toll on your marriage because it like your husband was feeding off of that bad energy too. Right. Absolutely. Damn, that's scary. It is. I'm so glad that y'all did get out of there. And lucky that those people that moved in after were able to contact y'all. Like I would, I don't know who the hell lived in places like before I rented it. Yeah. Like it's one thing, you know, who owned your house before you owned it. Cause y'all had to like go to the signing and all that. Yeah. But like, if it was a lease, how the fuck they know. So luckily they were able to reach out to y'all and be like, help. Yes. Thank y'all so much for submitting all of these stories. Maybe we're not going to run out, but y'all keep sending them anyway. <laughs> Hopefully we're back to normal. Donna's here. We're recorded live and in person. Yay. Well, not, not live. You know, we still got to be edited. Yeah. We stumble on our words way too much to not be edited. <laughs> but hopefully she's on the up and up. She still sounds terrible, but she's I better. Sound better. You do sound better. If you want your story read, send it in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember... Creep it real and And don't don't get scared. scared.